Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Betsy Brown. We recorded this two weeks ago in her home in Seattle. My old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, is releasing our debut album very soon. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook to hear the buzz about the new record, see the artwork, hear singles, and watch music videos as they're released. That's at Tall Poppy String Band. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with Betsy Brown, but first here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. That looked like the time to end eye yeah, contact. I, I never want so. to punish eye contact <laughs> by saying, you want to stop. <laughs> I figured that yeah. was good time yeah. to stop. Yeah. Betsy Brown, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Here in your home with your dog, Barlow, who will be um, playing the bones. He'll be playing the bones. Accompanying us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and even during the interview. Right. <laughs> um What's that tune that we just played? That was called Going Back to Chattanooga. And and where did you learn I that? I learned tune? it from 
Bob Douglas, who was 99 years old when he came to Fiddle Tunes. Where did Bob Douglas come from? He was from um, Eastern Tennessee, Hmm. near Chattanooga. So he was 99. 99. learned from him. From him directly. Yeah. Was this in a classroom setting? It was in a classroom setting, but I was actually in his band lab at Fiddle Tunes, at the Fiddle Tunes Festival in Port Townsend. And um, it was really fun. We learned some other tunes that were... Actually, amazingly hard that I chose not to play today, yeah. <laughs> but are really, really fun tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always said, I wish that I could play half as good as him hmm. at half his age. Yeah. <laughs> 99 is a pretty impressive age to mm-hmm. still be fiddling. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, I would imagine that you've learned a lot of tunes from fiddle tunes guests. Over, yes. the, over the years. Uh, how, how long have you been in Seattle or the Seattle area? Well, I have a little migratory phase in my life, but I moved to Seattle in 1990 because um, I'm a doctor and I did my residency here. And then I moved away in 93 to work on an Indian reservation down in Arizona, the Hopi Indian Reservation, okay, and then yeah. moved back in 96. And that's when I seriously started to learn to fiddle was in 1996. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Why did you seriously learned to fiddle in 1996? Well, I had wanted to learn to fiddle when I was younger. I used to live, before medical school, I lived in Austin, Texas, and I knew all-time musicians there. And they would, one of my roommates knew them all. We'd have parties, and they'd sit in the backyard and sit knee-to-knee and play tunes, and I'd go, I want to do that. Yeah. And one of them said to me, no, you're too old. Wow. And I was 26. Who would say that? That's so rude. <laughs> it was so rude, but that's that. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I went to school in North Carolina and learned how to contra dance and do square dancing, and moved here and did contra dancing and square dancing. And then I went up to Fiddle Tunes to go for the weekend. We'd go up and go dancing, and I went to watch the baby band. I went to went to watch the band lab concerts, and there they had a they have every year what they call the baby band yeah. that David Kahn. What does that mean? Leaned. What, it, what it means is anybody can be in that band that has never really played their instrument that they're playing in public before. I see. Okay. And so they, so David works with everybody and you play, you learn some tunes and yeah. then you get to perform them. And I went to the band lab and I saw adults playing these simple fiddle tunes. And I said, I want to do that. Yeah. And so I was able to, um, the next year, buy a fiddle at the, there used to be a folk life auction that Sandy Bradley would run. And I bought my first fiddle there with the help of Greg Knote, gave me some advice, and I bought my fiddle. And then I got one lesson from a friend named Elizabeth Alexander, and then I promptly moved to the reservation for three years. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a chance to go. I, I came back once to Fiddle Tunes and I was on a waiting list for Fiddle Tunes and then I moved back and I um, got hooked up with the Canotes and started taking the Canotes string band class. That'll do it. I, I feel like they're responsible just for all time musicians on the West Coast. <laughs> just like they kind of period. Have, <laughs> especially in Seattle. Yeah. They have been a real uh, treasure for us and um, 
it was a really painless way to learn because you could just be in this big group and they would, um, and Candy Goldman would teach it too. She'd teach the banjo and you'd break off into your respective instruments and learn the tune and they all get back together and play them yeah. painfully slow <laughs> and then you'd get faster. Yeah. And so that's how I first started learning was with them starting in about, um, the fall of 96. Do you remember like your first tunes that you learned with them? I remember which were my first tunes that I could play. Yeah. That I would choose to play in public. Yeah. One was um, John, Step Around Johnny, and another one was Roscoe, and another yeah. one was Chattanooga. Very good. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the, the other Chattanooga. Cha- the other yeah, Chattanooga. very good. Yeah. 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 They have, in, in addition to, be, to being, as far as I could tell, like, I've never actually learned from them in a class setting other than just osmosis playing around them. But um, in addition to being expert pedagogues of all time music they have wonderful taste they they like they cool tunes yeah and i feel like that's another big part of it they're not just trying to like teach arkansas traveler i love that too but um they they just have this repertoire that's they they have a beautiful amazing. repertoire and and they try to and it's, i think one reason why they've been able to keep teaching for decades right yeah because they pick new tunes every year yeah and it, and it keeps it alive for them, and and that and that makes it alive for the rest of the, the yeah. class. Um, so the hardest part, though, was in the beginning when I only would have these kind of not very common tunes that I learned from the Canotes. So being in a jam with common tunes was really hard in the beginning. Now I have a better repertoire, but yeah. it was hard at first. <laughs> well, what else should we play? Um, I was thinking of playing a tune. That I really like called um, Jonesboro. Jonesboro? Yeah. Great. You know what? I think I played. This is a G tune, right? It's a G tune. Cool. We're staying in G for the moment.
love it when uh, when tunes you like that. That little thing is so cool. You don't hear that very often. Tunes. Not much. Also, I love the <laughs> yeah the, the little the yawn <laughs> and the the bluesy thing. Yeah, is really fun. So cool. That was from Red Wilson, who was a fiddler in Western North Carolina. Mm. The, a I think a more. I think he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. And how were you exposed to that? At fiddle tunes. At fiddle tunes as well. At fiddle are, tunes. I don't want to spoil anything. Are these all tunes that you learned at fiddle tunes? No. Okay, great. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. I have some that aren't. Okay, cool. So, Red Wilson mm -hmm. um, from Western, Western North, North Carolina. Carolina. Very good. And uh, Jonesboro. Yeah. Lovely. When did, when did he come to fiddle tunes? Probably around 2000. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. That's lovely. Um, and did you just take recordings of them at the time? And then do you still have those recordings? I probably have those recordings. Yeah. They're probably very deep in my um, mini, mini, you know, the little mini disc thing that we used I to, don't. Oh, that was like the, the medium before we could do all the digital it was a between mini. it was between tapes okay and CDs and CDs yeah and now we can do things on our iPhone right sure so it was a yeah, yeah there are these little square discs but I tell you when I was learning I I was using the when I first started taking the class I was using the old tape recorder and it was not very accurate in its playback sure so the the intonation was really bad right. and so once I switched. To the mini disc thing, then it really uh, upped my game. Uh, okay, so when you say a mini disc, is does it look like a C, like a CD, but it's just little? Yeah, no, it doesn't look like a CD. They're little cassettes. Huh. Oh, they are cassettes. They're not. It's not a tape, but it's uh, okay. I'll find one. And yeah, I would love to see that. Later. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't think I have any up here. I think they're all in storage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the most part, I'm glad that the internet exists. I mean, it's the reason I'm able to make this show and stuff, you know, but like also for like source recordings and mm -hmm. the proliferation of materials and things. But I sometimes feel a weird little type of envy about the time before all the recordings are on the internet and this idea that everyone, you know, had their own little recordings of this person and that person. It's yeah. true. And Except for I have heard, even Bob Douglas talked about one time he went with a tape recorder to get this one tune from somebody, like in the 60s or something. Yeah. So, it, you know, people even less, you know, not that, that we think probably all learn by ear didn't. They oh, all sure. Other ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, they learn by ear, but not as direct. Yeah. Well, um Please let us know if you ever digitize the mini disc files. I would love to hear those recordings. Oh yeah, I have yeah. some good ones. Yeah, wait, what what else is on the menu for today? Well, we have. Um, I think your set list got licked a little bit. <laughs> Chewed up by my some dog. Wet tunes. Oh, I was gonna play Moses Hold Your Corn. I don't know this one either. It's a D tune. Okay, great. So I need to tune. Okay, great. Um, up high bass, and um, it's an interesting tune. Carrie Blush wrote it, but he adapted it from another a song. Okay. And um, kind of he was apparently challenged to do so, and so he did. And it actually makes a really nice little 
lilting dance tune. Nice. So, is the song Moses Ho, Ho Your Corn? I, I think so. Okay. Although when we moved to New Mexico, the New Mexicans call it Razors in the Air. Razors in the Air. Interesting. I don't know why. Who knows why they do what they do? Down it, but there. it apparently <laughs> is one of the words, lines in the song, which doesn't sound very. Uh, gentle to me no is it a gentle tune it is yeah yeah so so when i was first learning that the the seattle community actually here was really really very encouraging mm. to me and um not like in in austin your one experience in austin not like yeah. my one experience in austin <laughs> people made me feel like i could learn and one of them was warren argo who um passed away. He was a, he was a force in our community mm. and he really encouraged me. And then, um, also Carrie Blush, who was lived here for a long time. And he, he's one of, he was one of the most knowledgeable people about tunes and sources. And, mm. and he was really, and really encouraging to me to keep, to keep playing. And I really appreciated those, those people that I look up to for encouraging me. Yeah. Do you, what, what did that look like? getting encouraged to play. Well, Carrie would share things with me. He would ask me to play tunes with him sometimes and not be, not be too snotty about not wanting to play with me. You know how some people can be sure, you know? Yeah. And you know, so for me, he's a really a good fiddler, well-known and he would play with me. Yeah. And, um, and then at jams, I remember the first time I had a jam at my house and um, Warren was there and Tony Mates was there and they both looked at me and said, Betsy, play a tune, yeah. you know, and sort of forced me into playing a tune for the first time in a jam. Mm -hmm. And that was really good. Do you remember what it was? I remember that. That was um, Step Around Johnny. Step Around Johnny. Yeah. Very good. But that's not what we're going to play. Okay, okay. We're going to play Moses Ho Your Corn. Moses Ho Your Corn. What you're describing is very is very different than someone saying like, oh yeah, you should practice. Or, you know, like you're saying like the encouragement is like, come play around me and with me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's they, obviously a lot more motivating. It was a lot more inclusive. Yeah. And that's the thing about the way also the connotes teach is it's very inclusive. Everybody can play. And often they'll have... At, at festivals or and things, they'll have big. They'll they'll end up with people surrounding them in yeah. concentric circles in sure. a big jam because that way everybody can hear. But it actually is a way to include everybody in a jam, yeah. And um, without making people feel excluded, like some you know some people, I I get why they like to have their small little jams, but sure. but sometimes people, especially when they're first learning, feel safer in a bigger jam. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have enough cover right. to right. figure out what you're doing. But it is why I why I settled on old time music. One reason why I settled on old time music is because of that community and that encouragement and that not because we don't take breaks and we no it's not like there's really any stars, you know, sure. we just all and we don't, and, and we play tunes long enough that we learn them. I, I thought, I tried to learn a little Irish at first because I've got, my great grandfather was an Irish fiddler, but. So you like, blink I, and you miss them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and old time, they play them long enough where I have a, half a chance to know the tune by the end. Yeah. Yeah. They play, I, my, 
my preference is when, you know, people want to play the tune long enough for it to kind of get weird. Yeah. And then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my, when the real magic happens. I think. in the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, Moses, how you're going. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. like... Yeah, threatening. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Unless it's for corn. I don't know. Moses, how you're corn. When did you go down to Santa Fe? Jamie and I moved to Santa Fe in 2006, yeah. and we lived there until 2013, and we moved back. Okay. There's a great community of music, all-time musicians there, um, and, but we really missed water and... And our families and our friends yeah. here. So we 
and other things we moved back. Yeah, water. Jamie, yeah, water, <laughs> yeah, water, water, water. water. <laughs> Jamie um, had worked for the museums down there. It was a really in Santa Fe. It was really good yeah. for him. Yeah, I bet. I bet there's a lot of wonderful museums in Santa Fe. There are because of all of the culture in Santa Fe. Yeah. Cultures. Yeah. 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 Very cool. But we're glad we're back. We we miss we we love we missed it here, and we really like rain and green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always ha- struggle to describe to people who aren't from here the meaningfulness of rain. It's not that I like it. <laughs> it's just that it's like home. I do like it. I like the sort of moodiness that comes from it and the um, kind of creates a culture of bookish people. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I trust that and like that. I, I, I grew up in Texas where it was really, really hot and humid and I... And I hate being hot now. And like I say, is that in in Texas, you, the only way to get cool is to go into air conditioning, which I also did not enjoy yeah. going in and out of air conditioning. But here, all you need are the right clothes. Yeah. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> as, the, as, as the Norwegians say, there is no bad weather. Yeah. Just bad. You just don't have, you just need the right clothes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you and if you dress fine, it's it's fine. I mean, granted, okay, I am a little sick of the rain this year because it's been uh, setting records. But really, I like yeah. it. My garden's beautiful. I can grow beautiful flowers and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, you all are, are are plugged in to the old time community and tribe music community here, and you host concerts here. We host concerts here. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you done any since uh, the COVID? pandemic? No, yeah. no, we haven't. And and one thing you might not know is that for five years I actually hosted the Canoe String Band class at my old oh, house. Oh, very good, very good. I was all Victorian, and and we used to have the String Band class there, and so it was great. Yeah, because they would come over every week, and I was working really hard. It was before I met Jamie, and it was a real pleasure to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, I I wish they would come to my house every week. Yeah, it was fun. That would be great. It was fun. <laughs> Maybe I should host them. Just come on down every week to Portland. We ho- we we hope we may do one in the fall. Paul Brown and Terry McMurray are coming for the um, banjo camp. Yeah. And so we've told them we will do a house concert here for them. Oh, lovely. Maybe I'll I wonder if they're coming down to Portland. Maybe I'll come up for that. I haven't seen them since 2018. So that would be really great. Yeah. Cool. It's been a while since we've seen them. What What else is on the on the list today? I, I'm going to do Melvin Wine's Cold Frosty Morning. Oh, great. Lovely. And it was one of the early tunes I learned from Greg and Jared. This is the deal. As I know, Melvin only plays the A part once, but I learned it twice, so I'm going to play it twice. Okay, let's that's do my the way you do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. 
I love that tune. I do too. Yeah. There's so many, it feels like there's a lot of tunes with that name. There are. I mean, I think this, this one earns, earns the title, the evocative title. A cold frosty morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little known fact that nobody knows but me is that my father was born in Sutton, West Virginia, which is where Melvin Wine was yeah. from. Yeah. Very good. So. Yeah. That's back to your roots. And I was born in West Virginia, too. So. West Virginia to Texas to Seattle to... I lived in North Carolina for four years. North Carolina, too? Wow. Okay. For med school. So yeah. I know I've traveled around, but you know what? The thing about going to Santa Fe... Is that when we came back, when I came back, I really feel like this is my home now. Like, mm. like this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. Which is a really wonderful feeling. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. So, before we play our last tune, where should people go to keep up to date with the things that you're doing, the things that you're up to? Well, one of the things I've been doing, which some of you people may have heard about was I wrote a blog called update from an epidemic that I started um, at the very beginning of the pandemic. I was here in Seattle where we were the, the basically the ground zero for it. Yeah. And we were terrified. I was terrified. Everybody was going to get sick and die. So I, and I was scared that I would never see my friends all over the country again. Yeah. So I started writing this blog, um, a, to kind of talk about the epidemic and give people warning about it and ideas. We talked about flattening the curve and all this stuff. And I kept it up. I wrote every night for a year almost. Unbelievably. I can't believe I did that. And I've then I did it more regularly. And then since I semi-retired, I've slacked way off. Mm. And But there's still things I want to write about. So my, my site is called BetsyBrownMD.substack.com. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. That's substack.com. Betsy Brown MD. Yeah. I'll put a link. In the yeah, thing you can do that. So that you, people can get yeah. updates as, yeah. as you update us. And so, but it was, it was really gratifying because I saw some people last summer when we went to camp up in Fort Warren during the non-fiddle tunes. I saw people from all over the country that thanked me and, um, and they really appreciated it. So, well, thank you too. I, I read it a few times and cause we're connected on social media and I found my way to that. And, um, it was such an anxiety producing time. And, um, there were so many people with so many loud opinions and ideas and, uh, it just got really overwhelming, but that didn't stop my need for actual information. So it was really lovely yeah. to have that. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I tried to filter it in a way. And I have just really good experience about infectious diseases in my career. So I've taken care of people with HIV and hepatitis C and yeah. other, other diseases. So it's one of the things I've been really passionate about. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, I'm sorry that your skill was, <laughs> and that was needed to the extent that it was in, uh, in your voice, but it was, uh, I'm it was, glad that you were there to oh, do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was a good, it was good for me. I, yeah. I have to say it was, it surprised myself. I bet that was a grounding thing for you too, to it, have to it, do. Everything. It was. Yeah. And I actually also learned that I actually can write. 
Mm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm writing and I'm doing a writing group and I'm working actually on, I guess, a memoir or something, but mm. we'll see. We'll see what happens Great. with that. Cool. Well, let me know whenever you have a, a direction for, to point people in I will. and then I'll go back and, and put yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for, for doing this. You're That's welcome. It. It's been my, it's been my pleasure. Good to play with you again. Uh, I think we've only played once. In Manzanita. I think so. Uh, at Melissa's Manzanita ho- house that she goes to for New yeah. Year's every year. Yeah. Yeah. So this is lovely. And hopefully I'll catch up with Jamie sometime soon. Yeah. He's yeah. busy today. So. Yeah. Um, cool. But he'll, he'll. Yeah. We'd love it. And keep an eye out for hearing about any more house concerts. Yeah. Absolutely. Now that we're starting to get more. Yeah. Is there, is there an official like name for your house concert? No, there is not. Okay. Great. Just not Betsy and Jamie's. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We do also have a little string band called victory chicken. Oh, of course this chicken right here. That's victory chicken. Yeah. Let me get victory chicken out. Somewhere floating in the ether. There's a picture of me with this chicken. Right. There's victory chicken. The the (laughs) Chanel. Anyway, um, but we have a we have a string band. We played at Folk Life, and um, that was really fun for a square for a square dance. And so that's one of the things I really love to play for is our dances. Yeah, it's really good. Right, yeah. Victory Chicken. <laughs> An arresting name for a band. Very good. <laughs> well, yeah. chickens usually don't get to be victorious, so I love. This last tune, are you ready for that? Yeah, let's see the last tune. The last tune is um, Bobtail Mule. Bobtail Mule. Yeah. Great. It is a tune that is from Arizona. And it um, there's a fiddler named Casey Karchner or Kinner Karchner who wrote this really sweet book called Frontier Fiddler of his memoirs of being a, a fiddler in, mm. in that area yeah. around the early 1900s. And so um, this is one of the tunes he played. Neat. I don't know how many Arizona tunes I've played.
political too. Yeah. So fun. Follow Betsy's blog update from an epidemic over at betsybrownmd.substack.com and make sure to like and follow Victory Chicken String Band on Facebook. I included links in the show notes for this episode. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. We just started season 24, I think, and we're covering the chicks. So that's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. Again, that's called Think Outside the Box Set. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>